guys, welcome back. It's Alana. And Jacqueline. And we're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. That was a funny intro. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a funny mood, y'all. We're laughing to keep from crying. Because part two of our Brett Kavanaugh series slash what the fuck is going on in America. What the fuck is um, going on in America. As you all know, Saturday morning got revealed that he got sworn in mm-hmm. after the hearing and after all the crazy debacles and all this protesting and, and nonsense. I I had a feeling he was gonna get sworn in. Did you? Oh. Yeah, it was one of those feelings where I had this where I had the same notion as you, but I didn't want to admit it because to admit it makes it then real. And it makes it hurt real bad. Yeah. He... Similar to the feelings that I kind of had when uh, the 2016 election with Trump. Yeah. Where I was like, ooh, I... You're I kind of in disbelief. You're kind of in disbelief, but you're also... Like, we are woke enough and understand enough to understand the, the gravity of the situation. But I can't help but, like, wish sometimes I was a little bit in denial. So I wasn't yeah. so sad. Right. You know? Yeah, you sort of just want to be a dumb, happy, lost person <laughs> in these. No, but seriously, like, no, when it comes to, to right. matters like this, because I think when I heard about the, the the verdict, the confirmation, all I could think was somehow, some way, women all across this nation have been dealt a really nasty low blow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it just feels like our U.S. government is like, yeah, fuck you women. Like, yeah. we don't care. Yeah, fuck um, all y'all. T- yeah. And and it's so disheartening and it's so sad. It, watching that Trump rally where Trump mocked Dr. Blasey Ford and seeing women behind him clapping and cheering, my heart absolutely broke. Not just for Christine Blasey Ford, but for women across this nation that have come forward with their sexual harassment stories that have been brave enough and vulnerable enough to share them with, with society at large. And it feels like the me too movement has come a certain distance, but it hasn't come far enough. Like we haven't created enough change. Yeah. I think it's going to take a long time to change. And I feel like it's just going to get a lot worse. And I don't know. I think it's like, how many of these moments do we need to happen over and over and over again until change really starts happening? That's what I wonder. You well, know? change also tends to happen really slowly. Absolutely. So I, the change that we're hoping to see, I don't think we're there yet. I think we have a long way to go. And I think a lot of work has been done, but I think a lot more internal work needs to be done. Yeah. And if you want to talk about how slow change happens, let's just go back to 1991 for a second. Okay. Let's go back to the year of Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. Oh, what happened then? When Anita Hill was forced, because she was very reluctant to share her story. And so of, it seemed, if it didn't get leaked. But this got leaked, too. Right. Well, that's the similarity yeah, that they shared. Yeah, she wrote it, a letter to Doctor uh, to Doctor Jesus to Feinstein, and it right. got leaked. And that. I think with Anita Hill, I think a reporter, Nina Totenberg is her name, like overheard rumblings of her story or overheard her story and, and published it. And I think that that's how Anita Hill. I see. Came forward. But both were reluctant. Yeah. But uh, in 1991, this was the first time we'd actually heard about sexual harassment in the workplace being talked about on a national scale. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people talk about how the Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, Brett Kavanaugh, Clarence Thomas, Anita Hill trials are similar. And there are some similarities 
But they're not exactly, there, there are some parallels, but I ne- don't know if I would necessarily call them similar. Right. I think, I think similar enough to, to recognize that, like, uh, that it was like that role of a woman, you know, accusing that status of a man and him still getting sworn in. Yeah. Okay. You know, well, like, there, yes. Like, yeah. Ford and Hill are both college professors. They were yeah. both reluctant to tell their stories. They both sparked national conversations about mm-hmm. sexual harassment. They both challenged a man who was facing a position in a very high court. Yeah. Um, and they were essentially challenging his confirmation. All of those things, yes. I think that there are some stark differences that we cannot look away from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Kavanaugh and Ford, well, I guess I should say just Dr. Christine Blasey Ford was talking about a sexual harassment event that happened when they were 17. Yeah. It's a Cla- long time. Yeah. And Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, I mean. he was. She was his assistant. They were grown-ass adults. adults. Like, that's the biggest difference for me is like, okay, you can kind of write one off as like teenage antics and shenanigans. Essentially, that's how it feels the U.S. Supreme Court is done. Done. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Clarence Thomas and Hill, they were adults. Yeah. They were like supporting they, themselves. They worked for a while together professionally. Right. Right. Exactly. Supposedly. <laughs> Anything that, ending, that is ending in L.Y. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like there's that. The allegations, too, are are pretty similar yeah absolutely Um, however the way that the challenge the the way that the uh allegations sorry that word was escaping me Uh were treated were different because anita hill her allegations were forwarded essentially to the white house and caused the fbi to do an an interview between oh and that that's what got leaked right thomas and hill yes um, that's the not how Dr. Christine Blasey Ford Mm-mm. and Brett Kavanaugh's Mm-mm. allegations were treated, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I would definitely say that that's a huge, stark difference as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sexual harassment at work, as I said earlier, wasn't necessarily really discussed until Anita Hill. And I, and I think the climate is definitely different now where we're, like, in the midst of the Me Too movement. So sexual Absolutely. harassment is something that's, like being talked about talked about and and extreme to the point where you know if someone just looks at you a certain way you could say that that's sexual harassment like right and like in a way anita hill was a huge pioneer yeah because because we weren't talking about sexual harassment in the workplace in such a public space i agree there was a feeling of am i alone am i not alone we now know in 2018 a lot of women have shared similar stories of sexual yeah. abuse in the workplace and that sort of, and the, the kind of environment that that sets up. Like, we're not necessarily denying that this sort yeah. of sexual harassment exists. Whereas right. back in the day with Anita Hill, maybe some women were denying it, maybe some women weren't. I guess it wasn't as acceptable to even voice yourself. And that, I think, had to do a lot with just being a woman in today's society in general. You know, a lot of, you know, being empowered and having a voice. We didn't have a voice back then. It was still very hierarchical and patriarchal and very, you know, know, catered to the man. And we didn't demand as well. That's true. Definitely. I mean, fight for what we wanted. For sure. Let us also not forget that Hill was facing an all- male Supreme Court. That is crazy. All talk men. about talk about change. Yeah. Right? Like, that's another huge difference yeah. for me. Is yeah. that, like, she was staring down the barrel of a bunch of old wow. white men. I hope who... they're all dead. <laughs> well, they're not all dead, but I'll get to that in one second. <laughs> okay. Um, 
uh, she was staring down the barrel of a bunch of, of old white men who were definitely using the, the, the stereotypes of black women are hypersexual. Against her. Against her. Yeah. But also using the stereotype of women are hysterical and are emotional and you can't trust them in these sorts of states. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Whereas now, Christine Blasey Ford, it wasn't all men. She yeah. te- she testified uh, in front of Senator Dianne Feinstein, Kamala mm-hmm. Harris, yep. Maisie Hirono, and Ali Colbar. So, and some of them were colored. Yeah, which you some know, were definitely people is of color, great for sure. Um, however, there were some similarities. Uh, committee Chairman Charles Grassley, who is from Iowa, who's a Republican, Orrin Hatch, Republican from Utah, and Patrick Leahy, uh, uh, from Vermont, and is a Democrat. Uh, they were also at Anita Hill's hearing. Oh, right. wow! So there's the there's some crossover I wonder for how you. They felt. Well, I was when I was when I was researching this this episode, I was like, you must feel hella old. First of all, right? Like you were talking about this shit in 1991, and like a a lot necessarily hasn't changed. Exactly. Like some changes occurred, but not a lot. That in 2018, we are still having this heated discussion and debate. Yeah. And Clarence C. Thomas was George W. Bush's nominee. Right. During that year. For sure. And after all of this happened, you know, again, he was obviously, nothing did change Mm -hmm. um, as a result of that. But I just couldn't help but kind of keep reflecting the two. um, And in my lifetime, because I was born in 92. Mm -hmm. And now it's so just the year before. So my entire lifetime, this has been sort of a movement that's been kind of. Yeah. Happening. happening. Stewing. Yeah. And uh, what? 2018 plus 27, 2035. Let's find out if we have one more. (laughs) Another 27 years later. Like I just. Again, one of those moments where I want to just be like a dumb, happy, blind, blissful idiot. And be like, oh, wait, we're not going to be here again. Like, it's not going to happen again. But the reality is, again, change is fucking slow. And we very well could be here again in 2035. Exactly. I mean, it makes me wonder, you know. I mean, maybe that'll be like their time's a charm. Maybe that'll be the last one. And then whoever is the one being accused Mm -hmm. won't get sworn in. And that'll be the win, you know. Whatever it is, that's going to be like a little milestone for us. Right. But I... but. But yeah, it's it's you're right. I just wanted to be a, a dumb, happy person and just think like, you know, not question our our country and then not 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 be so saddened by the corruption that we actually you know uh, have in our system. You know, yeah. Because um, we talk a lot about being a first world country and you know having a democracy, and it really doesn't feel that way. Like once you kind of uncover all mm-hmm. the truth and lies, right? You know. It's it's not the same as any other place, you know, deep when you review all of that. Mm-hmm. It could be just as dirty. And what's scary about America is that pre- we present that we're all put together. We present like we're this perfect country that has it all together, that takes care of our people, that listens to what we want. And the truth is that they really don't, you know? Like I can't help but feel a little bit of that like two-headed snake type of like, you know. Whereas like some countries that are just like, poor and don't have their shit together can tell like they'll they'll like you see it you hear it but also like you know the difference of two completely different countries yeah like you know what that's like i do i don't know what that's like Mm. i only know the american and that's why it's scary way of presenting like like on a personal level i've done a bunch of travel 
Yeah. Like I've been to other countries and I know how other cultures exist, but you know about the lives and the lifestyles and the the mentalities and the power struggles and the 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 politics of two different countries on a really intimate level. Mm-hmm. So I, I see the point that you're making. Yeah. Like I can't help but feel just a little bit like nowhere else is really better than anywhere else. It kind of feels like there's always some sort of level of corruption or um, they just, they're not telling the truth. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're lying, but they're not telling the truth of what really happens about where their um, intentions are for their people, even if it is for the people, Mm -hmm. you know? So... So yeah, I think that's that's what really made me sad because it was this Brett Kavanaugh being sworn in was just a more like another affirmation right. of how kind of messed up we are and how long we've actually been messed up for, you know? Yeah, for sure. From presidents, all the presidents until now, mm-hmm. you know, it's just getting more uncovered, like we mentioned in our previous episode. Definitely, I yeah, I feel like we're now just coming to grips with the fact that uh, our. <laughs> Government's fucked. Yeah. And we need to shake the system. Yeah, we do. Um, But before we move on, I just have to say that the last difference is that Anita Hill was a young black woman. Thank God. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford is a... Educated white woman. Educated white I mean, so was Anita white Hill. Women. So I think both her and Kavanaugh are in their 50s. Yes. And she's an esteemed professor. Yeah. Anita Hill was... She was an attorney. Yeah, and at different points had worked under Thomas. There was well, and a even power she followed him there. to his se- to the second job. Right. And so he, like, after being questioned, she just she realized that that wasn't the smartest move, but that she needed to kind of keep, you know, pursuing her career. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So I think that that's also a big difference that when people are like, "Oh, there's so much similarity." Like, no, we can't deny the racial and the power differences here. Yeah. I agree. I completely agree. And the fact that it was a black person against a black person and this time it was a white against a white. You know, if it was a black or white or white or like that, that would have been very interesting to me. Because I mean, like both Kavanaugh and Ford are are people in their 50s. They both are upper class. Yeah, privileged. Yeah, upper class, privileged white people. They probably both share the same set of like country club etiquette and manners. Yes. And the same they, circle of community, right. networking. And they definitely shared the same ideals on gender and how gender is to be performed. Yes, I agree. Um, whereas Ford and Thomas are of two different generations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford has power and esteem. I'm not saying that Hill doesn't. She does now, but at the time, right. she, she was, was a working woman yeah. trying to further her right. She worked career. for him. Correct. You know? Like, that is a big difference. Correct. Hence Correct. why he probably thought he could do and say the things that he did. Right. You know, that's, I mean, it's no excuse, but that that obviously answers some of the questions mm-hmm. as to his power tripping, right. you know. Now, where I think both women are 100% similar is the fact that it's really scary to stand on a national stage like that. Yeah. And share such a vulnerable story. And also just realizing that the person you're against will have this job for life and make decisions that will affect everyone, including yourself, for the rest of your life. Right. Right? Like, that is probably, you know, the the biggest red, regardless of... You know, the sexual assault or or the harassment, the fact that this person will be will be sworn in for life and the fact that like 
Brett Kavanaugh was so partisan, even in his own nakedly partisan, nakedly partisan. Yeah, like definitely lied under oath several times. Right. Just was was appalling. Definitely, that, you know, you could rule know that, everything out. That in and of itself right. is is just like all the flags. That's like there. You to know? know that we elected someone to the Supreme Court that I don't believe knows the difference between a truth and a lie. Yeah, I know. Is right? a really scary it, fact. I mean, it's. It's... I believe that Brett Kavanaugh only knows the narrative that he is trying to put forth and the narrative that he will support. Yeah. And if anything outside of his idea of how his narrative of himself and, and what he is entitled to should be challenged, it is white male rage till the mm-hmm. end of time. And that's also Donald Trump. Yeah. So, you know, it's, Definitely. Quite, it's quite obvious why he elected him. For sure. Yeah. In all of this, there was something that was glaringly clear to me, and that was the way that we still perform gender in the United States and the gender politics that were on display during this hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, in a way, was was sort of the perfect victim, quote unquote. Yeah. She was cooperative. Sure she, sounded like a victim, too. Right. You know, was, I did not expect her to have such a little small... Um, what do you call it? She just felt very small to me. Like, her spirit was small. Like, well, I think, you know. But, but, but I mean, again, like, as I just said about, uh, I think that she and Brett Kavanaugh had very similar ideas on how gender is to be performed. Mm-hmm. Because in a lot of ways, like, <laughs> she was the perfect woman, she right? She really was. She was soft. She was sweet. Yeah, she was likable. She was yeah. gra- gracious. She was accommodating. She was kind. She was polite. Mm-hmm. She was patient. She deferred to the other men in the room. Like, we raise our young women from a young age to be exactly this. Yes. We raise those. them to be that. And, and might, society expects us to be that way, too. For sure. Yeah. And some might label all of these qualities to be something that a quote-unquote goody-goody or a good girl possesses. Yeah. However, Brett Kavanaugh was irritated, aggravating, and aggravated. He was short. He was full of rage. He was rude. He was argumentative. He was interrupting yeah. his, I guess now, co-workers. Right. At the time. Yeah. Possible co-workers now. Like, he's seriously working with these people. Um he didn't answer the questions that were asked of him. That was in sharp difference to Dr. Mm-hmm. Christine Blasey Ford. And when Ford answered every question, Kavanaugh was evasive and interrupted senators and hurled insults at Democrats and demanded that interrogators answered their own questions first. That shit would never fly. No. If those genders were swapped. Mm-mm. Like, would never Mm-mm. fly. Mm-mm. But yet, we are raising our young women to be the good girl. Mm-hmm. But when the good girl is actually performed in practice, it actually can hold you back. Mm-hmm. Do you I know agree. what I mean? Yeah, I totally, completely agree. I don't know how much... And that's what I, that's what I was thinking when I was watching the hearing. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking of, like, how much of this is really Christine Ford, mm-hmm. Dr. Christine Ford, or is it something that they have... Some of it, you know, some of it is her essence. Some of it, it was her lawyer telling her how to be, how to act, so she could get more of this, more of that, you know. Like, I was just very curious because it did all seem like she was just, you know, the victim. And that's 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 what you act like when you're the victim. But, you know, I... I just it was it was so so interesting to see all of that. But the, but in our legal system, we ask 
victims to be cooperative, right? We ask yeah. them to answer all questions, be honest, truthful, um, all of the above. We also ask that of women. Christine Blasey Ford was all of those things, but yet Brett Kavanaugh was the idea of a toxic man just in incarnate. Yeah. And I mean, and he has been rewarded. I think he's been rewarded, obviously, by getting sworn in. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of polls saying how much of his, obviously, his his numbers on the Republican side has shot up. And you, everywhere else, it's gone down, of course, of those extremes. But the fact that, you know, he he was a monkey. Like, he was acting all over the place. Yeah. And demanding and telling us that it was our fault for doing this to him. Well, that is white male privilege coupled yeah. with elite privilege. Right. But even even when you <coughs> even when you see in his interviews, he talks about being the perfect boy. He talks. Well, about, that's his narrative, yeah, right? Right. That's how the elite are taught. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm ke- I keep cutting you off. Keep no, going. no, no. Don't cut me off, girl. I love that when you <laughs> cut me off. Um, you know, he talks about things like, yeah, I just I went to church. I played with my friends and I volunteered. And it's like, cut the bullshit. Like, stop painting this perfect, perfect life that you supposedly had, you know, but then you drank beer every night and got blacked out. Like, it just, it was so, you could tell that it was like, like you said, like this narrative that they have told themselves and believed in. I mean, yeah, because that's how, that's how those, uh, that's how the elite are wired. And that's the sort of, uh, how... What's the word for it? That's the secret curriculum of those elite private schools and of those elite hard to get into colleges, right? That's the the hidden curriculum right. of places like Yale yeah. and Harvard. Yeah. yeah, those sort of Ivy League places and- are are they tell you from a, an early age or they tell you from the minute you get in your identity is strongly tied to the way that you perform your identity. Yes. And so you've got to set a narrative for yourself. You've got to believe it, and then you've got to make sure that other people believe yes. it too. And yet, the way he was acting during the hearing is completely acceptable. Like, you it's, know... Oh, no, see, I don't think it's acceptable. But I think that was the mask falling. I don't think it's acceptable The mask at all. falling, I know, but the fact that he still got sworn in and the fact that everything still, he ended up winning, may, I guess, makes it okay. Which then, that's what makes me furious. And that's the dangerous message, you know? is that we are somehow through all of this... Yeah. A one-week limited investigation by the from the FBI, like... Yeah. So if we continue, if we continue to be ourselves and tell the truth and stick to who we are, which may be what Christine Blasey Ford was doing, that's still not okay. Like, there's still no one that's going to listen to us. You know, like, I don't know, the message that that sent just, just stroke, like, like, just pierced my heart. And it just, it's... It's it's tough when when I mean we were older women, so I think we we get it a little more, mm-hmm. and we are also minorities. But I think of you know kids growing up and seeing this, and and subconsciously, unconsciously understanding obviously that Brett Kavanaugh was crazy during the hearing, mm-hmm. and Christine Blasey Ford was doing everything right. Yeah, you know, and and for whatever reason, the message is that even that is you know. Still got he got still got sworn in. I mean, I'm still stuck at like, how do you elect people like Trump and Kavanaugh, and then how do you teach your kids? I say your kids because I don't have any kids. Right. Um, to to do the right thing and so, to behave well. I'm wondering. Okay, let's just. I'm just gonna post this question. What if? Mm-hmm. What if? 
Christine Blasey, Dr. Chris, I've said her name so many different ways. Um, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford was like, she came out and she was tough and mean and stern and real and revealing, but still vulnerable in certain ways. How do you think, I just, I like, I wonder what that would be. Would, would it have been worse? Would it have been better? Would it at least have been assigned to people to see that us women, you know, are angry, mm-hmm. you know, like what, like what, what, how would that have changed things? Like I'm just, now I just want to like, I'm just, you know, playing devil's advocate because it might've made Brett not seem, it might've made Brett not seem so like she would have risen to his level of crazy. So mm-hmm. then maybe he, you know, I don't know. Like I'm. Well, see, that's a double-edged sword because what yeah. you're, it's a double-edged sword because as black as a black woman the idea of like being the good girl was never something that was extended to me black right. women are never just our innocence is never assumed you're never but you're never seen as innocent either right from we're the never start. seen as innocent and our innocence is never assumed so yes. we have to not that we have to but a lot of us choose to go through life being assertive maybe even a little bit aggressive to fight to be heard to fight to be seen to fight to be taken seriously i say it's a double edged sword because i think the outcome of of Kavanaugh and ford would have been the same i agree hundred percent. I just, I just wonder. But I think the difference is she would have been cast in a bad light in yeah. the media. Yeah, she would have. Whereas we're all applauding her and being like, "Yes, like you did everything right, and yeah. you still lost, and yeah. that is an injustice, and that sucks." But yeah. girl, I stand behind you. Yeah, I think that she would have alienated a certain base of women mm-hmm. that believe that women should be likable and kind and gracious and sweet and defer to men. Right. She would have also won over us tough bitches. Yeah. Who are like, yo, you spoke your truth. Right. You stood your ground. Yeah. Just like Anita Hill did. Yeah. But Anita Hill still pissed off a very certain demographic of white women yeah. specifically. Right. Who thought, how dare you go against such a powerful and big man. Mm. That is not how you perform femininity. Right. That and, is not being And woman. that is also like traditional, you know, women, the, the older generation thinking that you know, we also have to act a certain type because that's how they grew up and they grew up being very good and well and Mm -hmm. perfect. And to see someone do that in public and being colored, you know, uh, caused harm to them in a certain way, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I also think in all of this, I think it's important to do a podcast like this and speak to future mothers because I think in in ways... Depending on what your mom's view of what femininity is, depending on what the the women around you's views of what femininity are, can really can affect, really affect the outcome of how you are. Absolutely, Do you like, know what I mean. Yeah, we were. I mean, you and I were just talking about how both our mothers didn't really teach us. Well, both our both our mothers taught us just to be strong women. Correct. You know, and strong doesn't necessarily mean always angry right. or always mad, but just strong, holding our ground, standing on our own two feet. And even then, we've had difficulties of maybe not necessarily standing up for ourselves or letting someone say something that brought us down based on who we are, what we look like, what we stand for. And so, I mean, I I'm the complete opposite. My my voiceless opinions politically mm-hmm. and anything really and my innocence is always assumed yeah you know yeah and I think I shock people most of the time because I'm not that Mm -hmm. and I almost kind of live for it because I want people to know that you know hey not all Asian women are like this yeah and there's more and more that are coming out but 
you know, personally, I just say that because I, I, I like to think what if the opposite and, and, you know, more and more and more women are speaking out, are getting angry, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's an extreme to that as well. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of analyze even the behavior, the psychological behavior and the roles that we see through, you know, maybe our blind spots and what we've thought of how women should be and how, you know, clearly it was acceptable the way she was, you know, but he could have, he acted a fool and that to a certain degree was also acceptable. Yeah. You know? I mean, so she, what it, I'm just, I'm just curious. You know? No, I get what you're saying. And yeah. like, she was everything that I bet her mother, grandmother, aunts, uncles, women around her believe that women should be. And she was the sort of yeah. woman that she and maybe it helped was her case, to be. Maybe it helped her case even more because she was this sort of perfect perfect woman that everyone expected her to be which might have helped her case to see Brett Kavanaugh in such a more even more bad light you know Mm -hmm. like you said like she you know she kind of she could have caused to to have people see her in a bad light which is not what we wanted for us true um but yeah I mean I I think I think what we're getting at is that we have to recognize how regardless of whether your mom taught you to be a good, perfect, obedient, quiet um, woman or not, mm-hmm. we have to recognize how we can fall into those categories regardless because of living in society and that we're not around our parents 24-7 mm-hmm. and we might just end up thinking that is a good way to survive or we get a job or we have a boss or we have a, a lover who, you know, puts her, us in that place and we sort of, you know, lose ourselves in it mm-hmm. or the opposite. Um, you know, we could be too much apparently, but I think apparently <laughs> um, as well, you know, so I think, I think to just, be conscious of that and don't let that rule you, you know? Yeah, because I think in in all of this, there are two unsung heroes who broke traditional gender norms. And we cannot forget about these women. And those mm-hmm. two women are named Maria Gallagher and Anna Maria Archila. I think I'm pronouncing that last name right. But they were the two women that cornered Senator Flake, Flake in the elevator and basically spoke truth to power. Yeah. And, I mean, they were n- in no way, shape, or form acting like the traditional good girl. I don't think so either. But yeah. they still got their point across. And they still, I believe, affected change. Because I believe that Senator Flake hearing that caused him to say yes on a one-week investigation. Mm-hmm. I don't buy his, like, no, they didn't change my mind. I was going to do it anyways. Like, I highly... Highly doubt that. I don't think, I don't think that highly of elite white men and white male privilege at this point in time. Like it's sort of failed me. I don't believe in it. And if they didn't corner him, none of this would have right. Right, there wouldn't have been an investigation. And to me, it is no surprise that they're that they're women of color. I know. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't, like, meek white chicks. Like, these were women of color stepping up. Because, again, as a minority woman, our innocence is not ever assumed. No. No matter black or Mexican. Like, we're never assumed to be the quote-unquote good girls. So we might as well be the strong girls. And I think that 
to the the next generation or two or three of mothers let's like get rid of the good girl myth let's raise our women to be strong Mm -hmm. let's raise our women to understand their worth know their worth and ask for it at work let's raise our women to not be afraid of saying no yeah yeah at work in relationships at home with with family with with parents saying no is Okay, we do not have to yeah. be constant yes men. I am yeah. so sick and tired of that. Let's stop raising our girls to capitulate to everyone's whim and need because that's how being we're a, gonna that, get because by. we're gonna get by or yeah. we're gonna like it's gonna yeah. be easier for right. us. You or know you'll what I get mean? that job or you'll get promoted or you know, they'll like you. And it's like yeah. just you know, who gives a crap who likes you or not? Like yeah. yourself first. Like, let's, Fall in love with yourself. Definitely. Like, you know? let's raise women that speak up for themselves mm-hmm. and defend themselves yeah. and others. Yeah. That is kick-ass. Yeah. Let's raise women who yeah. are not afraid to live their dreams and, and their ambitions each other. and their goals. Let's stop filling women's heads with the idea that they need to get married and have kids to be validated as whole. Like, yeah. This is all fucking bullshit. Yeah. And you want to know something? We raise our young boys to be risk takers and assertive yeah. and aggressive right. and to move and, through life and that's unencumbered and unworried well, about some someone harming them. Let's raise our women to think the same way. Yeah, but also you could take the whole other there's a ton of men that struggle with their masculinity. Men that just want to feel and cry and they yeah, don't feel I like they can do that, you know? Like um, on both sides. I mean, granted women have it, you know, have had it much worse because because of society and how you know our government is run but all of it like just you know be who you want to be yeah i i hear what you're saying but like and the men to the men that like have a hard time struggling with their vulnerability and their emotions like i feel for those men but those men were also probably raised to like go through life being told you can do whatever the fuck yeah you want to do you take right, a risk true. you be aggressive yeah. and assertive and, and i'm sure they've succeeded multiple times right you know we teach our women from a young age whether we realize it or not to to know that we are are vulnerable yeah. and we are the the kind be submissive, that yeah, like we're, we're we're taught to be worried about someone preying on us. Yeah, but men get to go out and be the predators who prey on us. Yeah. Like the good girl myth, in theory, sounds great, but in practice, can really hold us back. And yeah. what sucks about that is that the good girl myth in a professional setting can help you get forward. It can't. Like, I, that's the sad part. Right. But but I think being conscious, that's ultimately what I want to get at. Is yeah. like, don't, that's not just, say, we're not telling you to go and be like, you know, just say your mind whenever you freaking want because right. understanding when to bite your tongue and when to say what you need to say at a certain time will have more power than just saying it whenever, mm-hmm. you know? But I think, oh, being, a, like, I have that one thing thousand percent I have this whole good girl and I have it down yeah I have it so down that it's gotten in the way of multiple of my relationships I believe it. with my ex-boyfriends with my own mother with my father it's a, it's something I deal with on a day-to-day basis of how much my identity is twisted with this good girl myth and mm. the fact that I look like a good girl you know yeah and that I struggle to sort of break out of it um so I think I I'm also right there with you I'm learning to just be conscious of the good girl myth and know when to use it and when to not use it and when it's actually harming me or when it's bettering me, you know? I see what you're saying. Like, that is very... Because because I understand, like, we're also women. We have a sense of intuition and a sense of 
compassion and empathy and you know we are you know the birthers of this planet and so like <coughs> we have something that men will never have we're in touch with something that men will never have because we give birth mm -hmm. because we carry a freaking living being inside of us you know what i mean for, nine, for most of a year exactly we are powerful beings without us they'd be nothing they wouldn't even be born like yeah. Yeah. so no, yeah you know, like, yeah. we also, like, understanding that we are such powerful beings, mm -hmm. but that that being comes from us being, you know, a woman and that we are in touch with certain powers of nature that men can never be in touch with. And I think harnessing that through love and compassion, first for ourselves right. and not for anyone else, you know, I mm -hmm. think is key because I, I have served so many people my entire life and completely forgotten about me. So I think recognizing that and like how much you actually give to yourself <coughs> will determine how much you can give to others, Yeah, you know? So, so I think looking at ourselves every day and seeing like, I do this every day. It's like a constant narrative in my head. Like, who am I doing this for? Am I doing this for me? Am I doing this for this person? Am I doing this for this person? Because I actually really like them. Right. Or because I feel like I need to please them. Right. Because then they'll like me. Like, these are the little moments on the day-to-day -day basis that I think we need to confront mm -hmm. in order for an overall growth and change to happen otherwise we'll just keep perpetuating the cycle and we'll do it to our daughters unconsciously for sure you know yeah yeah i think it's also fair to say to anyone listening who is feeling depressed at the state of our government feeling depressed and down with this kavanaugh confirmation hmm. you are you and i are in the same boat yeah. and i am treating it like a breakup like it's right. hitting me in the same emotional spot yeah if you need to cry, cry. If you yeah. need to, like, have a couple extra drinks, I won't judge you. If you need to smoke that weed, roll one up and smoke it for me. If you need to get that revenge body on lock, do it. You get up and you go to that fitness class. Yeah. If you need to retreat from society, hey, Hermit, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah. But we all heal in different ways. And I think that we just need to come together for a moment, love each other, and... And fucking let Keep us not forget on, that yeah. everyone is fighting their own right. battles. And I think what I've also been working on the most is like, you know, we put sometimes, because I do this a lot too, where I start putting the emphasis like a lot more outward than mm -hmm. inward. So I think, you know, the change begins with you again always. Definitely. You know, so where you can be good and where you can be woke, go for it. Definitely. And the stuff with the government, if as your vibration and your frequency is raising, it'll affect it somehow. And whether we're still here or not when it happens, changes will happen because it's just, it's meant to be. You yeah, know? definitely. So, I think it's a good place to end yeah, it. Yeah, temporarily. For sure. Tempor te this is temporarily, guys. It's not going to change. I mean, it's going to change. Trust me. It's going to get better. Yeah. Enrich your sub communities. Love yourself. It's, yeah. it's going to get better from here. All right, guys. This On episode note, was produced by Christian Humes at Zeitheist. Heist. We you, are the Black and Yellow podcast. If you want to give us any comments, criticism, critiques, Concerns, concerns any of that find us on the gram at black and yellow podcast you can email us at black and yellow podcast at gmail or you can find us individually on the gram i am alana webster at renegade of fun i'm jacqueline chung young i'm also just jacqueline chung young on instagram <laughs> nothing's changed i don't have a cool fancy name like alana oh that's okay that's um, okay <laughs> but uh we hope you enjoyed this one and if it you know leaves you kind of on a sad note or on an inspirational note whatever note it is just embrace it like we are and have a blessed day yeah we'll night. be back next week guys bye, bye, -bye.